Hello dears, this is Annette of AnnetteLeonard.com. Welcome back. I am continuing my interview with Lise Snyderman. So, um, you've written this book, Lights in the Darkness. Can you, can you tell us some about that? Yeah. <laughs> It's called A Light in the Darkness, Transcending Chronic Illness Through the Power of Art and Attitude. Mm -hmm. So the genesis of this is in 2016, I acknowledged or understood that I really hadn't processed my illness. Uh, I had done lots of things on the creative side to express, but I was starting to feel a yearning to be part of something bigger and expressing and my healing path, it didn't seem to be enough at that point. I wanted to, I also was, you know, at some point to the roller coaster, I was feeling better at times and, you know, having harder days. I mean, it's hard, obviously, when you're chronically ill, you always are at a baseline. But there are times, you know, when I have, I'm up on, on the up of the roller coaster. And at that point, I was feeling that I want to give back in whatever way that looks like. So for me, look, giving back meant I need to share my story. And to do that, I want to write, you know, I want to share and, uh, my confessions and, and my impressions and my worldview and, you know, my life lessons and help and inspire and support others who are going through uh, chronic illness. So that was the genesis of uh, why I wanted to write my book. And so what I discovered through that process is that the the creative side I talked about, but there's also the side of what I'm calling attitude. It isn't just, and I'm not going to be Pollyanna-ish uh, Anna about this. I'm not just going to say, oh, just be rosy and, you know, be positive and everything's okay. I think what it is, is just acknowledging, you know, that you need support systems and that you can't go it alone and that, you know, you are going to feel what you feel. And all of these things are, are all true at the same time. And so attitude has been really big to me about when, uh, you know, especially at my lowest points in the disease. Here's an example, right? When you talk about a partnership or support, I've had an incredible pillar and a rock of a husband who has, I've been so blessed and fortunate, you know, to go along this path with me on this journey. And the example is, you know, it's about how I show up if I'm in a place of gratitude and love and appreciation, that person is going to also want to be able to do what they can and help. And as opposed to me being expectant or feeling like a victim or playing the victim or in despair, I'm not saying we don't have the right to our feelings and that we can't feel those. But I am saying that if we dwell there, it's going to impact not only us, but also those around us. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's true, and and you're right that 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 doesn't mean I spiritually bypass all of those negative emotions. And the I was just uh, on a podcast the other day talking about the fact that for myself, and I think we all have to find these tolerances. I have a three day pity party limit that 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 just is what works for me. That I can only sort of wallow and like eat the pint of Ben and Jerry's and sit in front of shitty reality television for about three days. <laughs> and that's my limit. You know, when I get bad news, when I get whatever it is, the, 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 then it's sort of like, okay. And then it's 
carry water. I mean, carry wood, carry water, chop wood, you know, like get about the business of daily living again. But it doesn't work for me to, to sit in despair. I understand. And I think, like you said, everybody has to set what works for them. But, you know, I, I think that we are not our diseases. And I Amen. think that that's really important no matter what. You know, we all have bad days uh, and bad weeks, <laughs> bad months. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so um, I, I think it's interesting and in, in that your, your path um, is, is not unlike many people's path around chronic illness that, that first there is this radical inward focus where the world falls away and there is this incredible reckoning that comes with what is this new reality, the, the incredible grief, the, the um, redefining of self, the struggle with identity around who am I if I am not these things that I used to define myself by. And then this, how do I give back? How do I show up in the world? How do I use my gifts for change or to support others and lift them up too and, and um, find ways to not be in this alone or to help others not feel so alone in it also. I, and I'll, I'll say one thing though. Yeah, For please me, do. Number one, it's not linear, just like mm -hmm. all of us. Mm -hmm. Number two, I forgot to grieve. Mm -hmm. So the other missing piece for me is grief. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I went from diagnosis and transformation physically to management. Ah. I didn't do the processing of the, all of these stages. And so, as a result, I'm actually working on a project right now, a musical project, that is called The Grieving Project. And it is a spoken word album creating from the stages of grief mm -hmm. and inventing my own stages of thriving. Mm -hmm. And I'm using, you know, my own spoken word and music behind it and then mm -hmm. other characters to play out the grief that I really didn't go through. And I think the mm -hmm. acknowledging that even when and we haven't talked about the summit yet, but in my interview process, not one, not one of these people talked about grief as a strategy in 60 speakers. Wow. So interesting mm -hmm. that we all so you know that's something that I think was missed the other piece I'll say is I also didn't go like linearly as I'm saying I feel like I spent a lot of time immersed in creativity to forget the darkness in other words I was hiding in some ways behind my artist identity by escaping by going into fantasy and creating music and musicals and my whole art world, I didn't mm -hmm. have to face mm -hmm. the darkness. Mm -hmm. So in some ways I created art that was so separate from the illness, like a fantasy musical mm -hmm. until I realized more recently that my themes in the musical were light and dark and not even understanding that I was actually playing out when I was creating the struggle that I was having with light and dark. I didn't even know because, and I'm glad in some ways because it would have colored that experience in a different way. But that acknowledgement that now the art that I'm making is more centered on, I can use the gifts in the illness and put that into the art. 
that's what the summit, for example, for me, it's still creating. You know, it doesn't have to just be a spoken word album or a musical. Or it, it can be these different forms like films. Fascinating. Let's talk about the summit in just a moment, but I want to <laughs> pause on this for a second. I am really stalled out and uh, amazed by the fact that you're saying that you have talked to so many people and this theme of grief never arose. What do you make of that? I think partly it's in the questioning and in, in the directions that I'm steering people. Part, I mean, I'm, I'm going to take my own, you know, responsibility for how I steer an interview. But I think it's interesting that most people bypass. What I think it means is that we don't think of the importance of grief as a strategy. It's not that we don't do it. It's that we're not saying, here, we need to grieve. Yeah, that's what I take it as. And I, I, I think that uh, acknowledging that, you know, and, and understanding that that's also a valid strategy is important. Not just turn to creativity, you know, or uh, meditate or yoga, or let's think about our diet, nutrition, or mindfulness and, you know, all these things. That's mm -hmm. sort of my wheelhouse that yeah. I think of what are the things that help us thrive. Yeah. I didn't think about grief. Yeah. The, so in the last two years, I've lost my mom and my brother uh, quite suddenly. And so grief has been on my mind uh, pretty poignantly. Um, and I find that we are so uncomfortable and unfamiliar with how to manage grief in our culture. Um, that that's what arises for me too is just our discomfort with grief our our lack of skill our lack of um and we don't want to be in this place it's not a you know what i mean for myself i don't want to dwell in sadness and hardship and difficulty and blah 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 like that's why i turned you know to my fantasy i know that part of me that's what it is the other thing i'll mention is that Grief is something that is, let me think, because you had just said something that sparked something for me, that, um, oh, go ahead. I, I honestly, I'll come back to it, but it was, it was uh, poignant. Let's pause for a moment and, yes. and see if it comes to you. Okay. Oh, yes, it did. Chronic illness. In other words, people don't necessarily grieve illness. They grieve the loss of loved ones. And the loss, for example, perhaps now in their life of uh, their work. You know what I mean? It's like they've lost work. They've lost social, uh, social opportunity. But illness, it, it isn't always something somebody turns to to think, I need to grieve illness. Yeah. Agreed. Thanks for joining us and tune in tomorrow for the conclusion of my interview with Lise Snyderman. Till we're together again, I thank you for your time and attention. Please don't forget to subscribe, leave a comment or a question, and until we're together again, be well.